What's up, guys? It's Friday, November 6th, 2020. And here we are sitting on a Friday, and I thought, I thought, maybe my prediction would have been wrong. Maybe by the time I sat down and did a podcast, by the end of the week, maybe we would have an answer on the presidency of the United States. I thought that, that, that you know, there might be a, a sliver of hope in the back of my head, despite the fact that I told you that we wouldn't have an answer. That's what I said. I remember telling you that we wouldn't have an answer. Not immediately after the election. I, I said that we would have an answer uh, uh, by the weekend, maybe. And perhaps we do have an answer, uh, although maybe a lot of you don't like the answer, uh, but perhaps we have the answer, perhaps we have an idea of, of when, because this is the latest, well this is the AP, Associated Press Electoral Map, as provided by Google, when you Google this information. Uh, some news agencies might not have it that way yet, um, but... This is where it stands right now. Fascinating information uh, within here. That uh, maybe a lot of people weren't expecting. Maybe some people were. Now we have a lot of talk going on. A lot of... You know, I wasn't even sure how I was going to go about talking about right now. Um, it's really like a where to begin kind of thing. So, we all knew that with uh, COVID lockdowns, concern, you know, th- this is this is something that, that, that pops up. Um, with COVID... And people talking about uh, when people talk about COVID, you have uh, probably like two two types of two schools of thought. You have the people that that take it seriously and take every measure that you can take. These are the people that are okay with lockdowns. These are the people that uh, that uh, for all intents and purposes are okay with extreme measures being taken for this and they believe that covid is a absolute 100% serious forefront battle and you have a bunch of people that are absolutely 100% against any of that uh and the people that are against it tend to think that there's more people on their side It's fascinating. It's just like the MAGA crowd of Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, thinking that they have a majority of people on their side. And I'm gonna I'm gonna harp on this later, but I want I want you to think about that right now, uh, because it's not just the MAGA types. Okay, there, there's the people that are on the extreme end of the pandemic fighting who. Believe everybody thinks that, like they do, that that this is a serious thing and that there needs to be lockdowns and this is how we fight and we're we're, we're gonna beat the coronavirus after uh, you know after we get a vaccine or something. Keep in mind the two extremes as we talk today. That's what I want you to to have in your head, keeping in mind. That there are a lot of people who think that they have a lot of people backing their opinions and their thoughts and uh, all of it. This is really, truly uh, what I believe is problematic in American politics right now. Uh, 
And um, I'm not going to let up on it. I'm not going to let up on talking about it. Because so many people I mean this is this is the divide this is this is where it stands let me go back to the map right now as of right now <clears throat> this this is just where it stands this is where things are I don't know why I opened up that but this is where things are right now and of course we have a lot of things coming out in the woodwork about you know democrats stealing the vote massive voter fraud a lot of different things going on and i have opinions about you know pretty much damn near all of it uh and like i said it's just it's hard for me to think where do i start how do i tackle some of this stuff uh, in a in a manner that uh, that makes sense, um, a, a lot of <laughs> oh man, a lot of it doesn't um, you know. I I really it's hard. It's hard for me to think about <laughs> where to begin on 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 a lot of this stuff. Because there's so much of it. Uh, let, let me start with this. And I want to start with this. Um, because the, the, the news media... When people talk about news media being the enemy of the people... You know, I mean, you have the Trump people... Who, you know, I get are a hundred percent, a hundred percent fake news. You know, fake news. This is news is fake news. They're fake news. Ha ha ha. CNN is, you know, those types of people. The news media caused. A lot of what's going on right now this week. In the sense that... Well, I forewarned you. I said... A lot of people that I knew when talking about this said... Oh, we're going to know the results of the election. You know, same as always. Tuesday we'll go to bed. Some of us will stay up late. By 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning it'll be decided. And I kept arguing. I kept saying, no, no, it won't. Um, it won't be decided. And we're going to be, for, uh, for lack of a better term, we're going to be in the dark on what's going on. It, we're going to go until Friday, where we're at Friday now. I said that the earliest we would know is Friday. Who would win the presidency? And a lot of people argued with me and said, you know, no, 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 no. And now all those same people are almost exactly saying voter fraud, voter fraud, voter fraud. Um, but I said that we wouldn't know. Because of the coronavirus, because of COVID, because of the pandemic, because of mail-in ballots. I said we wouldn't know. It's a different election. The whole dynamic was changed for this election because political statements were being made. Political statements were being made in the sense that uh, going and voting at the machine, voting in person was a political statement for a lot of people. For people that liked Donald Trump, who thought this pandemic stuff was overkill, 
To them, it was a statement to go to the polls and say, I'm not afraid to go to the polls and go vote. Now, mind you, I was of that school of thought. I said, I'm not doing a mail-in ballot. I I could have requested one from the state of Delaware, but I did not request a mail-in ballot. I said, my polling place is right by my house. I'm going to walk right to my house, or, or right to the polling place two blocks away, like I did last election. I'm going to walk to my polling place. I'm going to walk in, vote, walk out, and it won't even take me five minutes to do it because it never has in the past never has taken me more than five minutes to go to the polling place where I go and for me since the 2008 election on it's changed three times this is the first time that it hasn't changed on me but that's beside the point every time I've gone to that polling booth there hasn't really been a line I've been in and out within five minutes and voting. That didn't happen this election day. This election day when I went, there was a line, there was people waiting, and it was because the amount of machines in my precinct, or at my polling place rather, uh, shrank from, I think there used to be like four or five machines, to two machines. It was two brand new touchscreen machines that they replaced the previous machines with. And it was like a double verification. They they hand you a piece of paper, paper ballot that you stick into the electronic voting machine. And then you make your selections and it prints on the ticket. And you double check your screen choices with your ticket choices. And then you hit vote and it takes your paper ballot and it stores it. Well, this time it took longer because of COVID, because of precautions. So people had to stay six feet apart. There was only two machines. They were only allowing a certain amount of people into the room where the machines were. They were sanitizing between each one, so it added time. So instead of five minutes, it took me like 10 to 15 minutes, okay? So it wasn't a big—you don't win if you were trying to argue me with, about it. But uh, but it changed the dynamic either way. I could have requested a mail-in absentee vote and done it that way. But to me, it was a point to go to the polls. And Delaware results reflected that, by the way. For for everybody, this is where this is where I can't get behind your conspiracy theories of of voter fraud solely because of the mail in ballot thing. Pulling up the uh, Delaware election results, and every once in a while, when I go on the Delaware election results website, it screws up, and it gives me. Um, the September primaries page and not the actual general election page. I don't know why. So let's see about give me the election results. There we go. November 3rd. So this was big this was big data. Now, when it came to the fact that every state was opening up mail-in balloting, I said, obviously, Democrats, cities, they're going to opt to do this mail-in thing. And you'll see Delaware counts machine votes and absentee votes and total votes. So I just want to break down this a, a little bit so everybody sees. This is Delaware. Delaware's three electoral votes. It ain't, it ain't nothing. And it was Joe Biden's state anyway. His state was always going to go to Joe Biden. It was not going to go red. It was not going to go to Trump. Not a chance in hell. And it wasn't. It stood no chance in hell in getting a Republican governor or anything like that. But you will see some interesting data uh, as I pull it out. So just right here in the presidential election alone, you see Joseph R. Biden and Kamala Harris. Absentee votes... 127,000 absentee votes right there. Donald Trump and Mike Pence 32,000. You get that's a trouncing on the absentee votes. All right. You can see Green Party Howie Hawkins here 712 
and uh, Joe Jorgensen, Jeremy Cohen, uh, Spike Cohen, rather, uh, 1,239 absentee votes. Compare it to the machine votes. This is a little interesting on the uh, on the Delaware data. 167,000 machine votes, but... 167,835, just slightly more for Donald Trump and Mike Pence at the machine. Uh, but as you can see, the data here, not in the absentee votes. And they went almost, you could say, vote for vote against Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Almost vote for vote in the machine voting, in-person voting total. Uh, but... If you think there's numbers tampering there, obviously not. I don't see it in Delaware because this is Delaware every every election. Because their total votes, 295,000, 299,000. It matches up, 58% to 39%. It, it Nothing to see there. But look at the next line of data. The U.S. Senator race, which included Lauren Witzke, who is a nut job of a candidate. <laughs> Absentee votes for Chris Coons, 127,000 absentee votes versus Lauren Witzke's 29,000 absentee votes. Again, he trounces her. Machine votes, he goes 163,000. She goes 155,000. Not vote for vote, but, but very up there, similar totals. Down to the representative in Congress, Lisa Blunt Rochester, 122,000 absentee votes uh, versus Lee Murphy, Republicans, 34,000 absentee votes. And then machine votes, he actually came out on top of Lisa Blunt Rochester, scoring 161,000 while she got 157 thousand but the story remains the same we go down to john carney governor democrat 126,000 to 30,000 for the republican and 165 machine votes to 159,000 machine votes and then this just keeps going on uh in the election totals and i i, I want to point out too when people talk about the paper ballots do they match up all across the board? No, they don't obviously match up all across the board. We have 127,000 absentee ballots cast for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris up here for president. Uh, virtually the same number for Chris Coons down here in the absentee vote, but it's not one for one. It's 127,000. He's 800 less than Joe Biden, and which just goes to show you that not everybody's a party-line voter. There might have been ballots sent in where people only voted for the president and not senator and not House of Representatives and not governor. And not lieutenant governor. The data... I'm hoping that this data shows you that at least in Delaware, and this is probably true in a lot of Democratic-controlled areas and high-population Democrat areas because Democrats are the ones who are talking about this pandemic being a driving factor in society, that there's a major difference that they trounced Republicans in the absentee voting, in the mail-in voting. They trounced Republicans. Why? It could be. Because Donald Trump had told his voters not to utilize the system. He also, whether jokingly or not, suggested that his voters take the absentee ballots or the mail-in ballots that they get sent, fill them out, and then go to the polls and vote to prove that there's voter fraud. This is desperation. This is sad. What is going on right now with MAGA and hashtag uh, stop the steal and the fix is in. In 2016, when I voted for Gary Johnson, I had 
quite a quite a big laugh. I enjoyed 2016 watching liberals meltdown over the fact that Donald Trump had secured his electoral college victory. To me, I had no stake in the claim. I had no stake in the claim of who was going to win because somebody that I didn't like was going to win. I didn't like Donald Trump. I didn't like Hillary Clinton. I was screwed. I voted for Gary Johnson. That's what I did. I did it with pride. I did it with thousands of people on on many spectrums, including Donald Trump just weeks ago, uh, saying that I caused a, a detriment to the election. But in 2016, it was mainly the liberals, and I I relished in the tears and the outbursts and the outbreaks. I really did. But 2020, watching the MAGA crowd melt down and watching people try to deny to me that the MAGA crowd is melting down is hilarious to me. And it's extremely hilarious to me when people ask me, oh, well, now Joe Biden's in, and we're going to get the worst things that, uh, that of socialism and all this stuff. You're happy about it. Yeah, I'm happy about it because this is the, this is the Senate setup right now. 48 Republican to 46 Democrat Republicans, uh, for, for all that it appears, will retain a majority in the Senate with the likes of Mitch McConnell reelected, Mitch McConnell reelected. Listen, I'm a liberty advocate. I like liberty. I like libertarian candidates. I like Tea Party Republican types, right? But if you think I like Mitch McConnell, I don't. He's cunning. He's very cunning. He's very powerful. And if we're skeptical of power, which we are, and we're always talking about term limits and everything, I can't think of a, I can't really think of a libertarian who would say, oh yeah, I love Mitch McConnell. I can't think of one. They might find it funny. They might, you know, see it as karma or, or comeuppance or whatever. But I, I don't see him really... Having a, a having a hard on for freaking Mitch McConnell, I don't. But okay, looks like we're about to have a Joe Biden presidency with a Senate held Republican. Uh, uh, yeah, a Senate held by Republicans, in which also back to the Chrome screen, in which Republicans also made gains in the House, at least five House seats now belong to the Republicans. It's not a House majority, but it's better off than it was for the last four years. So, yeah, we might be having a Joe Biden presidency, but it, but but you think the fix is in and that this is going to bring all the bad socialist stuff? Really? Really? You want me to buy that? That's why I had to. On my Twitter. Let's go to the Twitter. Because uh, I was on a roll. I've been on a roll for this past week talking about this stuff because everybody's glued to it. And they're glued to it and claiming things like fraud over things that aren't really freaking fraudulent. Everybody that's out there saying like, oh, all these states are now swinging to Biden in the middle of the night. Why is it taking so long? There's, there's widespread corruption, right? Well, but why is it taking so long to count the ballots? I don't know. Maybe to count them and verify them to make sure that uh, there's no foul play and widespread corruption. See, when hundreds of thousands of, you know, millions of mail-in ballots come in, it's not a machine tallying it up. It's people sitting down at tables and opening mailed in ballots which by the way some of them might only contain votes for the presidency others of them might contain up to five six seven eight nine different positions on a damn ballot but you're surprised that it's taking a long time to count a lot of them 
I'm sorry. The conspiracy theories are dumb. That's why I put this out. Yes, the Democrats massively coordinated a steal for the election while allowing Mitch McConnell to remain in control of the Republican majority Senate and even conceded House seats. What a ploy! Here comes the unfettered socialism. Not really. Not really. How about what Seth Mandel says? One problem with the theory of mass voter fraud, besides implausibility at a certain level of coordination, is Republicans won Senate seats in states he lost and gained in the House. This election return looks a lot less like fraud and a lot more like fatigue. Absolutely looks a little bit more like fatigue. It's, it's, it's not impossible to think that people are a little fatigued by Donald Trump. Oh, and you, you think Democrats are somehow united, right? You think Democrats are on this united front to beat the Republicans, to keep Donald Trump out of, out of office, to, to, to slam him down. Look at this story from the Hill. Democrats' post-election family meeting descends into chaos. All right? Moderate House Democrats lashed out at their liberal colleagues on Thursday. It should say progressive colleagues, really. Uh, using a marathon caucus-wide conference call to bash progressives for advancing an agenda that, the centrists said, cost the party a number of seats in Tuesday's election. An impassioned rep, Abigail Spanberger, who squeaked to victory in central Virginia, took liberals to task for promoting the policy of redirecting funds away from police departments, an idea that took off following the death of George Floyd in May, and that Republicans used on the campaign trail to hammer Democrats with charges of nurturing crime. Spanberger called the Democrats' campaign strategy a, quote, failure. Quote, I do disagree, Abigail, that it was a failure, Speaker Nancy Pelosi interjected. We won the House. Rep. Mark Vesey in Texas delivered a similar condemnation, lamenting the far-left's approach to several issues, including moving funds away from the police and banning fracking, had given ammunition to GOP attack ads. VC said he had watched GOP commercial after commercial using video footage of Democrats uttering the words defund the police to great effect. Liberals immediately pushed back on the moderates' narratives um, with a lot of different viewpoints and opinions. Um, but to say that the Democratic Party is united and is coming out looking very, very strong in this election, I'd say no. I would say no. They don't look strong after this election. Looking at the numbers right now, Joe Biden sits at 74 million votes, 74,435,464 votes cast for him, which, by the way, Breaks the first African-American president, Barack Obama's record set, which is astonishing in my eyes, to Donald Trump's 70,312,740 votes as it stands, uh, with the final vote still being tallied up, and there's going to be recounts and all that, but as of right now, 74 to 70. This, that, yes, voters turned out this election. And it's not surprising that voters turned out this election. Some people could say that they were driven to go to the polls. Stop. Wait. Pause right there. 
We can't really say they were driven to go to the polls because some states mailed out ballots directly to them, whether they asked for them or not. Very true. But the fact that mail-in balloting happened this year because of a pandemic, because of an unprecedented situation, not just in America, but worldwide, it's really easy to take your ballot that got mailed to you, fill it out, sign it, and mail it back in, especially when the postage is paid for. It's really easy to do that. Is that stealing an election from Donald Trump, enabling people to fill out a piece of paper and mail it in? Uh, you know, are there fraud concerns there? There might be fraud concerns there, but I just read some Stanford study that looked back over eight years that showed that uh, fraud cases is like point zero 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 five percent in all past elections. Could you say that it was stolen from him because more people were unable to vote? If if that's the route you're going, your candidate's really freaking weak then. Because he should just be able to scoop up anybody, right? He, I mean, after all, he's the freaking messiah. He should be able to scoop up and sweep and win swimmingly. But he was working on this narrative long before Election Day. He was talking in news conferences about how he believes that the popular vote from 2016 was uh, fucked with. He even said that libertarians were to blame because they're the, those are all libertarian voters. The 5 billion, the uh, 4 billion, however many people voted for Gary Johnson, I don't remember. But Trump was talking about this. Setting up all these routes of narratives that he could use to attack this. And then what does he do? He, he turns into a giant man baby, going off on tirades about how he's losing uh, or how it's being stolen from him. All right, his legal team tried arguing in Pennsylvania that uh, that uh, ballots shouldn't be uh, uh, considered because they're being counted with no Republican representation there to watch the pollsters. In the court of law, his legal team argued this. And I gotta try to find it now. I th I'm pretty sure I tweeted it out. Although I might not have. And if I didn't, that's a shame. But, um... I put it on my Facebook. I know I did that. This is the difference uh, between Fritz that uh, <laughs> lays out all his graphics that he wants to use versus uh, not all the graphics that he wants to use. God damn it. Here it is. NPA court, Trump has gone to federal court to seeking an injunction against Philadelphia to stop the counting of any ballots so long as Republican observers are not present. Judge Paul Diamond said to the Trump campaign lawyers, are your observers in the counting room? The Trump campaign responded, there's a non-zero number of people in the room. Talk about double talk. Judge Diamond, I'm asking you as a member of the bar of this court, are people representing the Donald J. Trump for president, representing the plaintiffs in that room? Trump campaign lawyer, yes. Judge Diamond, I'm sorry, then what's your problem? Can't even lie good Can't even lie good And then you see other conspiracy stuff You know, video This I love the internet I saw it on the internet There's a video There's a video of this Look at this video Look at, Look at these people outside of the counting area Outside of where they're checking ballots These guys are putting up paper up in the windows to block the Republicans from being able to see what's going on in there, despite the fact that there's already Republican representation in that room. And, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of people with cameras, and they're filming this, but how diabolical. K. 
can you get? How diabolical! Oh my god, the fraud! It's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Oh, all the mail-in ballots, they're going, they're, like, they're all going to Biden. There's hardly a Trump mail-in ballot in the counts that they're counting on these mail-in ballots when Trump said don't use the mail-in ballots to his people. He said, go out and make a political statement. He said, go vote at the polls. And in many cases, in the polls, the Republican voters heavily outnumbered the Democrat voters. But the Democrat voters who take the pandemic, just, you know, just some of them, you know, down here, you know, well, you know, it's not ruling their lives, so to speak, but, you know, there's precautions and they took a, a, a system that was given to them so that they wouldn't have to go out because that fits the ideology. And then you have ones all the way at the top who a God would not have gone to the polls anyway. <laughs> but, oh my God, widespread fraud. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't with this stuff uh, to, to some extent, man. I really can't. Now, I do want to talk about real quick, uh, because I'm not going to go on forever tonight. I can't go on t- forever tonight about this stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Oh, man. The other thing I do want to talk about is, uh, well, the libertarian showing. Um, real quick. Especially some key races that, that I was looking forward to seeing um, that are resolved now. But And, and this is... Um, this is pretty important, significant stuff, and it's important because it's um, it's changing my philosophy a little bit, and I'll explain how it's changing my philosophy. Uh, because I expected this this year, twenty sixteen being a peak year where both presidential candidates were historically the most unliked candidates pretty much in election history. Gary Johnson and Bill Weld grifted a bunch of votes from people who were just fed up. They grifted a bunch of votes from people who were just fed up. Maybe some money had to do with it. But ultimately, it was, in my opinion, disgruntled and dejected Republicans, and some Democrats too, uh, that got pulled into voting Gary Johnson and Bill Weld. And I had a feeling that those numbers were not going to be matched this year. And lo and behold, here's Joe Jorgensen with 1.2% of the vote, 17, or yeah, 1,715,538 votes. A far cry from Johnson Weld in 2016. Although this is the second best showing in a general election for libertarians. Which, it's an accomplishment, sure. But a 1.2% of the vote is highly underwhelming for a lot of libertarians. And a lot of them were already very critical of Joe. Critical of her message. Critical of her presentation. Although, I had her on this very show. And I have, I do have a lot of respect for Joe Jorgensen. Spike Cohen, especially, I have a lot of respect for him as well. Uh, but, I'm now entering that group of people who, you know, depending on how things go, might not be touting libertarianism and libertarian candidates 
on a national scale like in the presidential election anymore. Because just like Theodore Quinoa said from Crowdfunded Government on this show a couple months ago, it might be foolhardy to expect to make any kind of impact on a national level with the Libertarian Party in this manner. Especially... Voters came out in droves this time. Far more than 2016 voted. And we hardly tapped into any of them. Now when people said Joe Jorgensen, when libertarians argued, oh, Joe Jorgensen is only going to get 1.2% of the vote, we need somebody like Jacob Hornberger that is a purist to spread the message. Hornberger wouldn't have gained even one more vote than what's on that board right now. Might be even gotten less votes for being such a libertarian Puritan. And I had Jacob Hornberger on the show as well. I have lots of respect for Jacob Hornberger. In some of the other races, we've had... Like Ricky Dale Harrington running against Tom Cotton one-on-one in in, uh, in Arkansas. 33.3% of the vote and 394,000 votes. Almost 400,000 votes. uh, Against Tom Cotton who got 788,000 votes. Uh, It was still a good shot. It was good to go on a one-on-one race. It was good that... He got media. It was good that he had a chance to... He had the opportunity to debate Cotton, even though Cotton brushed it off and blew it off. Because Cotton, I guess, had the numbers and knew that he was going to coast to a re-election and didn't care. It was still an opportunity to use, and Libertarians used it. Ricky Dale Harrington used it. Same thing with Donald Rainwater running in uh, Indiana for governor, getting 11.4% of the vote in a three-way race, getting 344,435 votes compared to the Democrat who got 32%, 962,000 votes. And, of course, Eric Holcomb, the Republican Party incumbent, I believe, uh, who got a million 702,902 votes, 56.6% of the vote. Um, I'm not, I'm proud of the work that they've done. But again, for the Libertarian Party itself, I'm underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed, and I'm starting to see where maybe this doesn't work. And another thing that really makes me say that this doesn't work is the fact that there's an organization that has now proven results in how they work. Young Americans for Liberty kicked some serious tail. This election. This is from Cliff Mahoney, uh, who is the chair, president, president of Young Americans for Liberty. Friend, they said it couldn't happen, but your support made it made the impossible possible. Young Americans for Liberty made a great historic gains for the liberty movement by electing 116 liberty candidates to state legislatures across the country. In New Hampshire, Texas, Michigan, Maine, Florida, Wisconsin, Ohio, Iowa, Nevada, Colorado, West Virginia, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, Idaho, Alaska, Montana, Missouri, Wyoming, Vermont, Illinois, Kansas, Kentucky, Indiana, Connecticut, Idaho, and South Carolina. That means YAL's Operation Win at the Door program has secured 172 total victories for hardcore liberty candidates. 
YL endorsed candidates lost 28 races on Tuesday. I won't be shy about when we don't succeed. These are learning opportunities for the movement to grow. And here's the best part. Not all the results are in yet. We're still waiting on results of nine elections that have not been called due to small margins and mail-in ballots. In fact, four elections are in active recounts. That is amazing. Amazing work from Young Americans for Liberty, who, if you're a libertarian, tell me how that doesn't trounce the Libertarian Party. And if you're a Libertarian Party jockey, tell me why I should continue giving the Libertarian Party my time and my money and my efforts and my podcast even when you're not putting in the results. If you're not on the playing field, just like my state senator Anthony Del Colo said when I had him on a couple weeks ago, if you're not on the playing field being able to make decisions and pass policy, what you get to say that you ran a that you got you, you ran your principled person and you got the talking points out there and that's it. Look at some of these notable victories right here. Twenty-six-year-old elected to the state legislature. Ron Ferguson winning a district that was held blue by unions for 50 years. Melissa Blasick running on a no-compromise message to reopen New Hampshire, facing an, uh, facing an opponent endorsed by Bernie Sanders. Amazing work by Young Americans for Liberty, and I, I, I implore you to check them out and give them a hard, hard look because... I can tell you right now, Fritz and Fritzcast is going to be looking more and more in that direction. Because we need to look more in that direction. We really do. Um, it's been 48 minutes. I can't, <laughs> I can't keep ranting about stuff. There's one more point that I wanted to bring up, and I did mention in my state senator, Anthony Del Colo. This was this was heartbreaking to me. This is this is the nerdiest fritz that you're going to get, but I started caring about local politics in 2016. What really affected me in Delaware, it's a heavy blue state. A lot of the same names get elected and reelected. It's, it's Delaware might have a, a little bit of perk, but uh it's really starting to suck lately, if you ask me. One race that I was heavily invested in this year was Anthony Decol was Anthony Del Colo, State Senate, Delaware District Seven, my district. While I worked with libertarians and and was very you know excited and passionate for the presidential race, um, let's face it, I knew the outcome. I knew what was going to happen. I'm not shocked by the results, even though I say I'm underwhelmed and, and disappointed. I'm not shocked. I can still be those things and not shocked. Uh, but I put a lot of time and focus and energy into District 7. And Anthony Del Colo and the numbers here show the total votes. Spiros Mansavinos won 10,398 votes to Anthony Del Colo's 9,849 votes. It was uh, it was very heartbreaking to me for Anthony not to win re-election because I, you know, I think I've spoken highly enough about Anthony time and again, and I'm really upset that he's not going to be my state senator anymore. And Spiros Monsavinos better be ready because myself and I know probably a lot of other passionate Anthony Del Colo voters are going to be holding his feet to the fire expecting him to be even half as responsive and communicative with us as Anthony was 
But this goes to show, this was the other bit that I was going to talk about, and I'll close out on this, is that for all intents and purposes, Joe Biden is, I don't have a problem calling it, going to be um, the president-elect of the United States, barring any like major just out there turnaround setbacks or whatever, because I don't believe in this incredibly huge, massive voter fraud bullshit. I don't. If I've made that clear, I, I'm, I'm not trying to hide my bias or anything. You know, I just don't. I don't see that. But I did tell you that it's about a 4 million vote difference. This mimics 2016 as it was 3 million vote difference that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by. Uh, you know, obviously Trump doesn't win the popular vote. What does the defense come? Oh, it's not, it's not a what for what vote. We're not a democracy. This is not how things are decided. And of course now it's, now the argument flips from Trump hasn't secured the electoral vote. And what does it become instead of a, well, it becomes a voter fraud. They're stealing it from him. That, you know, and it's ridiculous. It's dumb. But what's even worse is the fact that I'm afraid that America doesn't make the right turnaround that it needs to make for this. The right turnaround. Which is to say that America doesn't respect the fact that nobody ever since Obama's first term Obama beat McCain by like 10 million or so votes it was a big margin in recent election history but since then the margins have been thinner and thinner and thinner when Joe Biden goes to give his speech his victory speech If I hear the words that we have a mandate and we've rejected all of Trumpism and and we are moving beyond this because now we have unity, I'm going to be pissed off. I'm going to be pissed off because it's ignoring the... This is what happens with American politics and I can't can't get it through my head. And I don't care who talks about it, Trump, Biden, anybody. Anybody that stands up and talks about how they have the majority of the people of the United States behind them, you don't. You just don't. You brought out more voters this election than 2016, and the the, the, the line difference between who voted for who is roughly the same. A difference of 3 million or a difference of 4 million votes when it's 74 to 70 or 65 to 62 ain't shit to talk about because you're automatically writing off the other half of people when you say, well, we got the victory. You you have a simple majority. That's it. You have a simple majority. You have one person more on your side. Therefore, you're the righteous one. You're the righteous indignation of the country. Really? You have all the support? You have a mandate? No, you don't. You don't have a mandate. Clearly, America has never had a greater divide than it has right now because it is damn near 50-50. We're talking about percentage points. Not large gaps, not 20-30% gaps. Biden's winning states by this much. Trump is losing states by this much. And here we are. Here we are. Where do we go from here? I don't know. I don't know. I'm really surprised that things haven't gotten ugly yet. But, who knows? Maybe there's hope yet. Maybe something does change. Fingers crossed. I don't know. But guys, thanks for listening for this week. I'm really glad I got this episode out. And uh, as... 
this continues. By the way, that's the other thing I wanted to say is that the media knew that this is what the scenario was going to be. They knew that they weren't going to know. They knew how the mail-in ballots were going to get uh, 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 hemorrhage this process and, and draw it out and make it longer. They knew that. They downplayed that because, face it, you've been hooked on the news. What do I have playing in the background right now? Sorry, what do I have playing in the background right now? I've still got footage playing on a Friday, which I've had footage playing every day. I said I wasn't going to do it, but you do it anyway because you just can't resist. It's like a drug, almost. Because all of you have been glued and tuned in. The news don't care. The news is stacking dollar-dollar bills right now. Dollar-dollar bills because you can't turn it off because they knew you wouldn't be able to turn it off because they knew that this is what was going to happen and they didn't care because it's a cash grab. That's my view on it. Anyway. And uh, this, this, I don't think I pulled this up, but uh, if there's good takeaways to take away... The Democratic Party is still in shambles. If you think they're united, they're not. Uh, the Republican Senate is going to be—it's going to be a Republican-controlled Senate, so it's not a free pass to unfettered socialism. And then there's this. Look at this. This is this is continuing the trend in in a good way for Americans. We have so many states now, so many states that have fully legal legalized marijuana. The whole western coast legalized marijuana. Uh, New Jersey joins the states on the east coast of legalized marijuana. Uh, the next tier down is a bunch of medical and decriminalized marijuana. And then there's medical marijuana and decriminalized marijuana. And then we have these bum states that are still fully illegal for whatever reason. But, you know, it's only a matter of time before they turn. Some things are looking on the up and up. You can get high now. It's not, not bad, right? You gotta look at the positives. Some civil liberties are slipping away. The republic's in shambles, but hey, you can get high. No, but no, seriously, that's actually a good trend. Oregon decriminalized all drugs. All of them. Every last one. That's a liberty trend, whether you whether you like it or not. But guys, thank thanks for tuning in, man. And I'm Fritz. If this is your first time, follow me at FritzQS on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash the FritzCast. Still haven't changed it on this damn um, lower third. We're gonna do it eventually, <laughs> eventually. And uh, as soon as we get a finalized election result, which this is gonna take weeks, so. You know, it's not going to happen in the next couple of days. But if in the next couple of days it comes out with Biden, uh, you'll probably see my happy little face again uh, with another episode. Uh, but until then, I love you guys, and I'll see you next week. Share this with buddies if you thought it was good. Leave a review, star rating, whatever you got to do. Fritz loves you, and Fritz will see you later. Look, you are being pandered to, not by the LP, but by the DNC. That is where the pandering comes from. Do you trust the people that put you in prison to free you from them? Or do you trust the people that tried to prevent you from being put there in the first place? That is the question. Put that to them. See if they can see through the charade that is modern duopoly politics. See if they want a viable third option. Not one that signals to them with words that they're using, but signals to them with principle and evidence that we mean what we say and we've meant it for a very long time. Show them our passion, show them our heart, show them our will to do what needs to be done and then fucking do it. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Search Liberty Lockdown wherever podcasts are sold. Leave a five-star review on iTunes and I will shout your Twitter handle out on the very next show.